Hey, it's Party Time Mom. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. It's a great Monday in the Mothership Studio 22. Puppet Master Mark at the helm, sitting alongside the lovely Candice, the queen of the Ethiopians, in her thr- on her throne with her crown. Uh, did y'all have a good weekend? Because I'll tell you, this is the best I've felt on a Monday in a long time. It was. I can feel the energy. I like it. Yeah? Yeah. It was a good weekend. I'm, I'm charged up. I'm ready to go. This is going to be a fun, exciting episode. I got a lot to say. Uh, a lot of opinions. I'm going to solve the world's problems on some things. And, uh, but it's good to be back in the studio. Sometimes I dread coming in here on Monday, Steve. I don't. Just because it's Monday. I always look forward to Monday. So people who know me know that Sunday tends to be my depressing day. And there's reasons for that, but it just tends to be my, I just kind of start dreading knowing that I got to get back into it again and blah, blah, blah. But it was a good weekend. Father's Day was yesterday. Wish everybody a happy Father's Day. Hope everybody had a good one. Uh, we love those made up holidays. They're fantastic. Did uh, you guys do anything special for Father's Day? Yeah, absolutely. Went day drinking. <laughs> you, you put the kids somewhere. <laughs> we, you left yeah. the kids in the house they, and went day drinking. We went day drinking. We had a good time. Our buddy Zach uh, texted me yesterday and he said i think i'm he said i'm down here there's a restaurant not a restaurant there's a uh it's a car dealership in south fort worth it's kent cadillac kenton company but they're they're a wine locker basically they're yeah, a wine huge. store but they'll sell you a cadillac while you're in there if you want one did you know that <laughs> no i didn't you can know actually that. buy a cadillac there uh, it, it didn't the, it didn't come drinking, up on the menu so. while you're drinking wine <laughs> yeah. so uh anyway he said we're at kenton company and i'm sitting next to a guy i think it's steve from the cp show and I said, stab him. <laughs> and he said, well, my wife's pretty convinced it's him, and I don't know anybody else that wears an Oilers hat. And I said, well, there's only one person I know that has a <laughs> blanky thing like that. And I said, you know, crappy uh, thing like that. And anyway, so a little while later, he goes, this dude is still drinking champagne <laughs> on my tab. <laughs> hey, he kept, he kept buying. I kept drinking. And so. I said, I told you to stab him, dude. I'm like, good luck getting out of that. So you guys had a champ. You didn't have a headache today? No. Champagne. I didn't have that much. I like, they did. I've, I've they learned... had a couple of bottles of champagne, and I was like, I had a couple of glasses. Well, Zach is a he's a wine dealer. He's a wine, and so he knows his wine. He knows his stuff. Yeah, right? we, me and him talk some business, other yeah. side hustle business. So uh, he's going to so. come on the one you produce, Whining Women, yeah. with the girls on your Party File Network. Party File, uh, yeah, Nation, Part, Party File Nation on YouTube. So yeah. that'll be exciting because he knows fun. a lot he, about he wine knows a if lot. you're a wine drinker. I've learned to start drinking the Prosecco instead of champagne. Tiny bubbles in the Prosecco don't give me as big a headache as the big bubbles in the champagne. Uh, yeah, that's what I've learned. Never knew. <laughs> that's what I've learned. I should just quit drinking it all together, anything that hurts you like that. We got a big show that's going to be, it's going to happen today, though, folks. I'm, I, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk some of the headlines because they're absolutely ludicrous. I was at President Trump's Tulsa rally. I want to break that down for you because uh, it's always one thing when you see it firsthand and then you go and see the media's interpretation of something. It's really mind-blowing how that works these days. Uh, and so I want to break that down for you, tell you what happened, what I saw, what was there, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then I'm going to uh, I'm going to fix some things. I told you I was going to fix some things. One of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to fix white guilt once and for all. I'm going to fix the idea of white guilt. I have the solution. It's going to take care of all of it. I promise you we're going to solve that problem on today's episode. But before we get into it, while Democrats and their media allies keep making it harder for Americans to get out of this economic nightmare, and trust me, it is a nightmare, Patriot Mobile has tried to help by lowering their prices 
even further. They were already very affordable, but right now their U.S.-based team is standing by to design your customized family mobile plan starting at only $25. Patriot Mobile shares your values and will never charge you hidden fees. And unlike Big Mobile, they're not going to send your hard-earned money to Planned Parenthood or any of these other crazy leftist causes. You'll get the same reliable nationwide service and support a company that shares your values, supports our Constitution, puts people before profits. Switching is easy. Keep your phone number, bring your own phone, or you can buy a new one. Right now, when you join their family of freedom-loving Americans, get free activation and a free gift with the offer code CHAD, C-H-A-D. Call 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Or you can go to patriotmobile.com slash CHAD. I want you to go get your customized family plan today, starting at just $25. That's unbeatable. 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT, or patriotmobile.com slash CHAD. Big show coming up. We'll be right back. I want to get into a couple of headlines because some of these you just can't ignore. Uh, one of the ones that's out there right now is Bubba Wallace, who, of course, is the uh, NASCAR African-American driver, which is funny to me how these guys really capitalize on this African-American thing. Yeah. Daryl Wallace Sr. is Bubba Wallace's father. Daryl Wallace is whiter than you. Oh, okay, I was like, I haven't watched NASCAR in yeah. I don't a long time. So Daryl Wallace Senior is is Bubba Wallace's dad, um, and this this whole jumping on the bandwagon of a cause. Look, I have no problem with that, but don't come to the public. This is the thing that wears me out. Like Colin Kaepernick was raised by white parents. Okay, Sean King. There's evidence out there that Sean King, who, who was always claimed that his mother was white and his father was black. There's evidence out there. First of all, on his birth certificate, they say that Sean King, who was, uh, you know, BLM leader, it says on his birth certificate that he's white. And it says that his father's white. So that's interesting. And, of course, you got the whole Rachel, Rachel Dolezal thing. Yeah. It's, 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 look, I've said this before on this show. <laughs> None of you are Africans, Okay. If you if you want to defy me, I've, I've I, you know the time I've spent in Africa, I'll take you to Africa and I'll show you. You're not African, you're not African American, okay? If you want to claim whatever race, that's fine with me, but don't with this whole persecuted thing. You, this is not an African problem. This is American issue that you're dealing with and and claiming all of this. Anyway, we're gonna deal with all that later with the white guilt stuff. Uh, but, of course, he's claiming that someone left a noose over the weekend in his stall at Talladega. You know, NASCAR has now banned any Confederate flags uh, at any NASCAR races. There was an airplane that flew over with a banner behind it that had uh, defund NASCAR, had a Confederate flag on it. Of course, Bubba Wallace has been very outspoken about this whole thing, but now he's claiming that uh, there was a noose that was found in there, which is horrific if true. It may and be, I stress the if true part. It's probably like his best friend screwing with him because that's what best friends do. Well, they, you know, that kind of, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's one of those. That's a weird deals. best friend. But I will I say this. You, I've somebody, never seen I've never seen Jussie Smollett and Bubba Wallace in the same room. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Uh, you just don't go into a NASCAR driver's stall without, I mean, there's heavy security, there's surveillance, there's 
you know, I mean, this is a NASCAR automobile. This is an expensive piece of machinery. You don't just get up close and personal to that. Yeah. And with anybody can come in and sabotage it or something like that. So we'll see how that all pans out. Uh, Again, vile if true, but that's awfully suspicious. It's just awfully suspicious to me uh, when things like that happen so conveniently. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, a madam. You remember us talking about Jeffrey Epstein, who did not kill himself. Uh, Jelaine Maxwell, she's gone back to France, apparently. Everybody's been wondering where she's been. Uh, she's been on the run, bunkered down in a plush Paris apartment as the FBI investigates her connection to uh, Epstein and the conv- and the alleged, you know, stuff going on there, sex traffic trafficking. So she's still on the run. She's she keeps moving every month. Well, they she's can't extradite her from France, right? I would assume that they could. Uh, France, I'm sure has an extradition agreement with America, um, unless there's something I don't know about. But, yeah, pretty cooperative there. But I, I, she's moving, I'm like, every month. I mean, she keeps on moving. Well, so I mean, they can't ex- extradite her unless there's a known – Well, it has to be a charge. Cr- a charge. Yeah, so she's got to be indicted say. for something. So there you go on that. We'll see what happens. Of course, everybody's going to claim coronavirus. She's got to be careful because of the pandemic, so she's got to stay healthy there. Um <laughs> Uh, I, I tell you one thing you need to do. If you're going to hang out in Atlanta these days where they're shooting each other, there were 99 shootings, by the way, in Chicago over the weekend. 99 wow. shootings over the weekend in Chicago. Black cops, lives. Cops shooting people? No, or what? no. wasn't any cops, actually. Oh. You would think with this crazy epidemic of cops killing everyone, uh, these savages that are out there, you would think that at least one of the 99 was a, was a cop who was out hunting uh, black people. Yeah. It wasn't. Not a single one. It was mm. It was all black shooting other blacks, which is weird to me, man, because I thought black lives matter. Well, not in Chicago. Apparently not in that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't tell you how many black babies were aborted over the weekend. I don't have those numbers in yet, but I guarantee you it was much, much more than 99. Apparently those black lives don't matter either. Yes, I'm snarky today, Candice. I'm snarky. Because I'm tired of the hypocrisy. Tired of the hypocrisy. You, you, I mean, let me go back to Bubba Wallace for a second. <laughs> Bubba Wallace grew up in the lap of privilege. His father is Daryl Wallace Sr. Yeah. The Wallace family's reasonably well known in NASCAR. So this whole oppressed, you know, in Colin Kaepernick, who's just been so oppressed with this wealthy white family that adopted him. I'm tired, tired, tired of it. Tired of it. Uh, uh, we're going to get to the white guilt thing later on, I promise, because uh, I just don't have any, but I'm going to help you not have any, too. So the other thing, uh, they're shooting each other in Atlanta. We saw video of the gunfights erupting and coming out, and the girl collapses on the ground. like, oh, my God, did you get shot? And she immediately starts pulling her bandage out. I'm going to say that's a crisis actor who totally was right there on the spot. I don't know that they weren't shooting guns up in the air for something. I mean, they're just creating all this havoc. Police are not coming in. Uh, but in CHOP or CHAZ, I still call it CHAZ because Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone makes more sense than um, uh, Capitol Hill. What, what is it? They, what's the O stand for? It's um, sounds like a cooking show. Organized protest. <laughs> That's the O. Organized. But it's not organized at all. So they were shooting it up there. They're shooting up the, the, the little the little few blocks that they've got there. Um, one person had suffered a gunshot wound. This was uh, Sunday night. 
last night while inside the area. Second shooting may have taken place. I think somebody got stabbed and they bled out and died. No, let's see. Saturday, a 19-year-old man was killed after a shooting took place inside the zone. I uh, heard that the paramedics weren't rushing to their aid, uh, and the police certainly aren't welcome there. So I don't understand why this is still going on at this time. They should be just... Well, Trump talked about that at the rally in Tulsa. He said, you know, I was talking with, he's, you know, I want to go into Trump voice, but no, he said he was talking to a number of Congress people, and he even made the comment. He said, I, I'm of the mind we just let this thing play out. That way, that way you see what you get when Democrat run areas that are just anarchist. You see what you get. Yeah. Like, you want to keep playing this game because he said, I can shut this down at any time. He said, but even the congressmen were saying, nah, just let it run its course for a while because you're seeing what happens. What? Well, if you have a governor of a state or mayor of a city that let it happen and continue to have, yeah. And they will continue. Just, to, all right. Yeah. Here so, you go. Just a matter of time. And then that dude who's running the joint, uh, the Raz or Kaz or whatever his name is, there's some, there's some interesting stuff. And I'll let y'all study that on your own. That guy who basically determined he was the warlord or whatever. Uh, there's some evidence out there of him being a pimp of him doing some underage uh, prostitution trafficking, some of those things. So you guys, you really do attract the best of the best of humanity. Pretty amazing <laughs> to see. Uh, I you know, We'll get into that later. Um, so much I want to talk about. Amazon, how can you be this stupid? So Juneteenth happened, June 19th, of course. For those of you who don't know what Juneteenth is, like Jade was talking to me the other day. She goes, how, do not, how does someone not know what Juneteenth is? If you live outside of Texas, most likely you won't know what June 19th is. That's what I told her. I said, so, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation, which was, of course, uh, declared by Abraham Lincoln, 1863, emancipated the slaves but you know we were in the middle of the civil war and a lot of folks in the south said we don't really care about emancipating anybody so it wasn't until two years later that they gained the well fr- they didn't have facebook or twitter <laughs> right. because the word you know, traveled the word, slow i was going to say it took a long time for yeah you know. word traveled slow so uh of course it's the emancipation of the slaves in texas and so if you're in texas oklahoma you might know yeah there were a lot of people on social media who were saying, we'd never heard of it. We don't know what Juneteenth is. And I will say, here's a good thing, Candace. I, I, I was thinking this morning, uh, early this morning, I was like, okay, what is positive that's come out of all of this stuff? Like, people finding out what Juneteenth is, I think that's positive. It is a positive thing. Right? So, so people are finding out more. People are going in, they're researching more, they're studying more about black lives, they're finding out more about black history. Uh, they're going in and they're they're checking out a lot of things. Some of that history doesn't line up with what the woke uh, folks want you to believe, but nonetheless, people are out there studying some things and they're learning some things. That's a positive thing. I appreciate the black community's contribution to America. I'm not talking about slavery. I'm talking about as intellectuals, as free men and women, as people who have truly contributed to the advancement of America. America's a great country. You know why America's a great country? Because we're a diverse country, right? 100%. I mean, why, why is any painting in any museum a, a great painting? Because of the diversity of colors and the textures and the art that goes into it and the different strokes and the different ways to do it. That's what makes art art, right? So that's what makes our country great is that diversity. So I appreciate everybody's contribution to America. It's not just a white nation that we used everybody. Uh, we've said it over and over again. We don't need to get in the debate. I, I love it when people come at me. You know, you'll post those clips on social media, Candace, or I'll tweet something and they're like, oh, so you're for 
oppressing black people because America <laughs> is great? You think we should oppress more black people so that you white people can enjoy your great nation? No, stupid ass. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying we've all made it great. We've all had our problems. We've all had our sins. And there's things in our past we're not proud of. But we've gotten past those things. Yeah, right. It, it's no different than like when, you know, some of the shirts that we wear. Yeah. That def- whether it's defend the police yeah. or whatever. Well, because you're wearing that shirt and and I had someone say, so does that make you racist? And I'm like, what are you talking about? No, yeah. absolutely not. You can. Do- yeah, we defend black police, too. Yes, 100 <laughs> percent. Like, and, and, and it's like, oh, so you're defending these, these I, I don't bad under- precincts, these <laughs> bad police stations that are horrible and have bad cops in them. No, we're not doing that at all. We're standing with the good cops to fight the injustice, even within their own ranks. It's real simple. It's real simple. Because the thing is, people who act like that, they're not real cops. They're they're because they're not obeying the oath they took. They're not yeah. living and abiding by the oath they took. So, in my opinion, people who do crap like that aren't real cops. And they're giving a bad name to the good cops. But let me tell you, you would think we've gotten past all that. But then enter people like Amazon. You know, woke-ass Amazon out there. Amazon.com. <laughs> they want to have a celebration for their employees for Juneteenth. So, what do they do? What do they do? Oh, my God. It's like you're sitting around going, well, how can we celebrate black lives for Juneteenth? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to give them chicken and waffles. <laughs> okay, but here we go. Chi- <laughs> Chicken and waffles—that doesn't—that's not doesn't come from black people. That, I thought chicken and waffles came from these uh, uppity. Let me tell you where chicken and waffles comes from. Chicken waffles comes from Gladys Knight of Gladys Knight and the Pips. It comes from Gladys Knight. The moment I wake up, begin to put on my makeup. I don't. I say a little prayer for you. So, Gladys Knight's Chicken and Waffles, Atlanta, Georgia, baby. That's where it all got big. So but let a- me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Yeah, no, it didn't happen. Now all these uppity restaurants have embraced it because oh, okay. it's good. We got to go to ad here in a second. So let me just, let me just say. Uh, they said, we stand in solidarity honoring the black community by supporting local black business. We're happy to share an authentic meal crafted by Chicago's Chicken and Waffles, June 19th. Ooh, boy, they caught the hell on that one. So much for supporting your black African-American employees. Where's the solidarity in that? We demand a paid holiday, not some damn chicken. (laughs) Y'all should be watching Yardbirds, me and Bougie Sean. Uh, Somebody said, should I bring watermelon too? Uh, Well, there you go. You get what you get, folks. So there it is. Hey, before that, working from home is driving up the worst type of cybercrime, which is called home title theft. We're doing everything from home these days. We're working. We're banking, video conferences, meal deliveries, shopping. Cyber criminals are targeting your homes on a computer. Actually, they want the money they can get by taking out loans against your home. How do they do that? Well, it's called home title theft, and the FBI is warning homeowners that this is what's happening today. Home title lock is how you protect your home from cyber thieves. Your home's legal title is online where they find it, forge your signature that says you sold your home to them. Then they're going to take out loans against your home, leave you with the debts. Now, banks, insurance companies, your basic identity theft services are not going to protect you from that. Home title lock is going to put a virtual barrier. It's going to build a wall, if you will, around your home's title. Protect your home now. Go to hometitlelock.com. Register your address. They'll tell you if you're already a victim 
of home title theft. Use code CHAD. It'll get you 30 free days of protection, and it will also help you through this crisis. That's code CHAD. Today, I want you to go to HomeTitleLock.com. We're not done. Hang tight. So they want they're tearing down the monuments, man. They're wanting to tear it now. They're wanting to remove the um, monument to Teddy Roosevelt in front of the uh, New York. What is that? The museum that's there, or the library, the museum? Anyway, they they want to remove that. Basically, Bill De Blasio has placed his wife, his woke wife, in charge of what gets removed in New York. Uh, pretty, she's a black woman, right? Yeah, she's a black. Woman. Okay, so she knows which statues need <laughs> but, to be taken down. But That's- you know, um, it's amazing what they're leaving behind and what they're trying to tear down. You know, our buddy Jesse Kelly, he was just blew up Twitter yesterday. Speaking of Twitter, this is our new Twitter bird. Every time we talk about Twitter, Twitter bird has to chime in. That's going to get on our nerves real quick. Yeah, real quick. So uh, follow me at Watch Chat on Twitter. But our buddy Jesse Kelly, he said, we've got to defund Yale, the University of Yale. We need to, they can get no more endowments. All of that needs to go to reparations. Yale has to change its name because Yale, of course, is named for a man who was an African slave trader. Yale was actually built with funds that were gained from the African slave trade. So was, uh, you know, a lot of different universities in America. In fact, Rice University right here in our beloved Texas was started as a whites only university. So we demand that they change their name or we're going to uh, storm the gates there at Rice. But check out Jesse Kelly. He's having a field day talking about defunding Yale and tearing down Yale and changing the name. And anybody that wears a, um, a Yale shirt or anything that has Yale on it, you Yaleys out there. You're racist. Just remember that. You're advertising for the slave trade. It, they're gonna, they're, they don't like it when that logic's turned around. No, they don't like them. it. They don't like it. That's why I'm talking about the Teddy Roosevelt thing. They don't want to yeah. take down any Franklin Roosevelt stuff. And remember, Franklin Roosevelt was, was a super Democrat. I mean, mega Democrat who in a, he didn't do anything. You want to talk about hurting the black community, but the Asian community put them in internment camps, yeah. rounded them up during World War II and put them in internment camps. So, you know, we haven't done that in America to the black community. In the Asian community, you never hear them complain. No. You never hear. I mean, we talk about, we talk about white privilege. We talk about white privilege. What about Asian privilege? Asians make more money per capita than anybody else in America. That's, There's no Asian privilege. That's because I ain't gonna say it. Say it. They're good at math. <laughs> Everybody they know knows how that. Flick that Africa's right, right over. Right. Give me another bead. <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> that means something else at your house. Uh, Listen, I'm telling you, man. This whole thing to talk about. We're gonna get it. I'm gonna solve white guilt for you in the next segment. Do not forget, we're gonna solve white guilt. Um. Anyway. They're, they're removing statues. They're going crazy and just absolutely insane. So our buddy Jesse Kelly says, Yale's got to come down. If you're wearing a Yale T-shirt today, you're a racist. You support slave trade. Uh, do you know how much a slave cost in 1850? Two, Let me break this down for you. Talk about numbers and math. You know how much a slave cost? $2.85. The equivalent of $40,000 today. That's expensive. 
How many cars? How many cars can you go? Let's say you're going to go out and buy forty thousand dollar cars. You had to be rich to own slaves. You had to be rich. Yeah. You understand? Most people in the South mm-mm, weren't rich. The biggest slave owner ever in the history of the United States had eleven hundred slaves. Something like eleven hundred slaves. That's a lot. You can buy a slave today. Uh, today is the twenty second of June, twenty twenty. You can buy a slave today for ninety dollars. Certain parts of the world, you can buy a slave for $90. I was going to say, don't Saudi Arabia still have slaves? To a lot state? of people do. Okay. You, can go to, you can go to Libya and buy a slave right now for under 100 bucks. Asia, forget about it. It's everywhere. So let me just tell you, let me just tell you, don't talk about slavery unless you're ready to talk about slavery. Because you're talking about something that happened, uh, you know, years ago. We're talking about something happening today. And nobody seems to give a shit. It's amazing nope. to me. I don't care. So, uh, Rayshard Brooks' funeral is going to be held at a church where Martin Luther King Jr. preached. That's fantastic. I guess it's better than the prison funeral he would have had if he was still in there. A uh, family woman that portrayed Aunt Jemima, she doesn't want the rebranding. Of course, they don't want that to happen. Um, young people, they can't get out of the bars, so more and more of them are testing positive coronavirus. Um, and this is what we're going to get into here. <laughs> this is what we're going to get into here. Trump rally. So I was in Tulsa. I was in Tulsa. I got a lot of text messages. People were saying, I see Chad. Where are you? Damn right, man. Me and uh, uh, CJ were there, and Sarah Gonzalez was there. I was pimp daddy, man, walking around with two beautiful women like that. Just pimp daddy. And all those white people were okay with Sarah Gonzalez being there? Uh, I, I think she was under the radar. Okay. She tends to be using her lighter, whiter privilege. Yeah, she wasn't wearing as much tan, uh, I don't think. So. Cool. Anyway, we had a blast. Uh, we were hanging out there, Donnie T. And, <laughs> you know, uh, Brad Parscale, I ran into Brad a couple of times. We were at the same hotel and, and chatted with him a little bit. Brad Parscale, of course, is the campaign manager. Brad Parscale came out and said that this whole accusation that people were buying up uh passes to get in there and then not used them he said that's not true he said we keep a better tab on you know fake numbers and things like that most of them are mobile devices we we catch all those things he said there were tens of thousands of that kind of thing that were going on but this idea that millions of people had done it and they just didn't show up for the thing so we get there right get in get into tulsa and we're hanging out. We're spending time with the crowds. We're spending time just walking the streets, uh, chatting with people. We did a number of media spots. Um, we saw some friends we knew. We made some new friends. It was it was an interesting atmosphere, to say the least, there in Tulsa. Uh, and when we got into the rally, there were several people who were there that we knew that their big concern was the upper decks aren't full. This is not going to look good. And the thing went on, and of course, I'm sitting there watching the president speak. I enjoyed it. I always enjoy Donnie T when he speaks because he's funny, and that drives people crazy, and I just love the fact that he drives them crazy. So um, I'm watching, and I'm thinking, what's the media spin going to be? What's the spin going to be? We had not been gone from... Because uh, Sarah, CJ, and I, we walked back up. We went to the restaurant. We were having a beer because we, well, Sarah wasn't for her impregnated reasons. But we, we were sitting there and we were kind of 
it'd been a long day walked a long way and within an hour of us leaving the 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 box center there every that was what the news spin was that it was empty that nobody showed up that nobody came to the rally and i thought oh my god so they were really jumping on this thing and if you've watched the news at all in the last three days that's what you've been hearing they just nobody showed up okay well that's not true first of all um and by the way the thing has now been viewed that speech was by midnight that night there were seven million views of the speech whether online or televised so that was a huge presence uh virtual presence at least watching that thing but let me let me unpack for you for the next few minutes and then we'll go into the next segment but our experience was this we get there it's time to head down towards the the venue the box center I've done shows every year in Tulsa. Tulsa's always been good to me. Great audience shows up and good folks in Tulsa. I know downtown pretty well. We're walking down there. Well, you can't get there. You can't get to, where's two blocks, three blocks from the box center. You can't get there. Why? Because they have everything walled off and fenced off. There's a huge armed security presence with police department as well as the national guard they're all in the streets they're directing traffic they're stopping people from going certain directions so we went down a couple of roads that we were hoping we could get down to the box center we couldn't they'd already shut those areas down fenced them off so we literally had to walk uh probably about six blocks in the wrong direction in order to go another two blocks back in the right direction before we get to a street that would head back over to the far end of the box center so we walked a couple of miles we walked a couple of miles and this was just to go inside now there was never a street we were on that was not packed with people now not everybody was pro-trump but there was a lot of pro-trump there was a lot of people on the right uh, and you can tell that because everybody's identifying themselves with their t-shirts the vendors were out there they were selling things there were flags or banners people shouting there were megaphones there were all these things you knew where people stood on this they were black lives matter um it, it was just you know and i'm out we're out there wearing our defend the police shirt that um that we sell and you know you people either love it or hate it whatever yeah. we're getting a lot of comments about it which is what i love and so if we go down we finally get around to the entrance we get around to the entrance that's sort of where the adventure begins and that's what i want to take you guys through but i want to i want to really walk you through the experience of getting into the box center what we went through and what a lot of people went through and it'll help you understand this media narrative okay but before we do that before we do that when running a business hr issues can kill you wrongful termination suits minimum wage requirements labor regulations and hr manager salaries they're not cheap an average of $70,000 a year, kid, is what it costs to get you an HR manager. Uh, I'm going to give you Bambi, okay? B-A-M-B-E-E. It was created specifically for your small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager. You can craft HR policy and maintain your compliance all for $99 a month. That's fantastic. Bambi's going to do this job for you. You can change your HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. You're going to have a dedicated HR manager that's available by phone, email, or real-time chat, and they're going to help you from onboarding and hiring to terminations and firing. They're going to customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, -day, all for just $99 a month. That's great. 
Uh, there's you can pay month to month. There's no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend all this time on your, uh, you know, sitting there trying to figure out HR compliance. So let Bambi help you. It's simple and it's easy. Get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash Chad right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Chad. Bam to the B to the B-E-E, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Chad. Go there today. Be right back. So, uh, real quick, I want to welcome to the show uh, my sister from another mister, uh, my work wife, Sarah Gonzalez. Sarah Gonzalez, she stepped in the studio and I said, get up here, because Sarah was with me at the the rally, and I was with her, and Ooh, it's funny. We took pictures with people, and one guy said, "Oh, Jade, our Chad's wife never shows up, but Sarah always does." And I'm like, "Well, that's because we're doing the hibbity dibbity." Uh, people are so stupid, man. It's their job. Yeah, I know. And then he's talking about CJ. I was like, "Well, there was some hottie that was out there that you know she didn't want to get in the picture." And I was like, "Well, she, was, <laughs> yeah, she was working on the blisters on her feet yeah. from walking through those crowds of people." And I was like, and she's not nobody. That's CJ from the Deplorable Choir. She's right. quite recognizable. Which many people did recognize. Many her people did. So, uh, and that was fun. It, you know, going to a rally like that, I, I really wasn't thinking about it because I never do think about things like this. Is you come out there on the floor where we were, and all of a sudden people start coming down out of the stands because they want to. They see you. They recognize you. They want to take pictures. So oh, it's always seen, humbling. You should have seen the line for Chad Prather pictures. It was. It was. It wasn't a Graham Allen type line. Oh, it was it a was, line though, Chad. It's humbling when people do that, right? It's yeah. encouraging, but it's humbling. And and so how you many know, of them asked about me? There was a couple. Oh, okay. there was a couple. Okay. And uh, there were some <laughs> folks that were anxious. They were excited to see Sarah, and and some some of Sarah's crushes were there. So we get down there, Sarah. We're sweating half to death because we've walked a long way to yes. get around. You know the craziness and uh, mobs of people out there. We come out. The line is we're we're what three hours before. Oh yeah, it was at least at like least. it was like three or three thirty, and the thing was supposed to start and at he seven. Started at seven, yes. So there was mobs of people out there. They were doing the outdoor stage thing. They were televising that, and we had to ask several people where can we go to go in for the press entrance. That took us at least an hour <laughs> to work through that craziness, <laughs> yes. right? It should not have taken that long. Yeah. But yes, we got our credentials really fast. We got our yeah. armbands. We had to go through. Uh, like being at Six Flags or Disney, we had to go through the little stalls to walk through the thing to get up to a security check before you ever go to the security check you got to put your face in front of like a little ipad thing and it measures your temperature right okay so what we're learning now from a lot of people who were there is as it got closer to time for people to get into the event those temperature takers just left they just picked up and left like walked off the job so people couldn't get their temperatures measured. And I've had several people who have messaged me who said there were literally thousands of people who wanted to get in and they kept and the Secret Service had to come out and say, no more can come in. We're closing off because there's no temperature takers. We can't measure that. So we went on in uh, and we're looking up at the top and we're like, okay, there's people up there, but it's sparse, right? Um. And I'm thinking, it'll fill on in, it'll fill on in. Well, up top, it just never filled in. What I'm finding out now is the box center had placed uh, spacers on the chairs where it says every other chair. They finally removed that, 
but they roped off the upper sections where you could not go up the stairs to get there. So there's a huge outcry now towards the management of the box center saying that they really kind of sabotaged the event. There's a lot of people who have sent me messages who are saying, I'm very ashamed of my city for allowing, because it's a city-run place, the box center. And they said, we're really ashamed because we we were the victims of this not being able to get in, and it was all because of management of the box center. Uh, interesting to see. Yeah, I would believe that too because they were very disorganized. They didn't really seem to know where anyone was supposed to be, where they were supposed to go. I mean, that's why it took us an hour to get where we needed to be because no one really could give us the directions right. And then when they did, it was very vague. Right. They were just like, well, you go that way. Yeah. the speedy pass is always the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you skip the line. Skip the line. And- right, the express pass. But I, honestly, while I was in there, I never thought about the idea that the, that there was nobody there because the, the bottom was packed. Yeah. Right? The bottom level was packed. And the energy was still high. The energy was so high. Yeah. I mean, it was so loud in there. There was so much energy and, and so many people just excited to be back and at the rally and together and doing all these things. That it didn't cross my mind about the top deck. Like, it didn't cross my mind. It wasn't tarped off. I've heard people say that. It wasn't tarped off. I've got the pictures. I've shared them. Some of the pictures that I've shared, people are like, oh, you're trolling yourself because there's nobody in. Up. And I'm like, well, that was two hours before the event. We were in there two hours before it started. The bottom was already packed. People were filling in at the top. I've got pictures of the areas. You could see where it was sparse in certain areas. Uh, but people were turned away. Uh, and I know that because there were thousands of people, you know, now, no, they did not need the overflow stage outside. They did not need that. But let me talk to that for a second. We talked to some vendors after the show, some people that knew us, um, and I've crossed paths with them a time or two. They said, this is our 67th event that we have come out and sold merchandise at. They said, this was the most violent, threatening environment we've ever been in. We were being threatened to sh- get shot. They were going to run us over because they're right there on the curb. Uh, while we were sitting there talking to them, there were numerous people who were coming by. And the Black Lives Matter rally that was full of just white people had already marched through. They were F you and F this and F Trump and F, you know, all God's children. Um, and so that was that. So anyway, they were hanging out the windows and they were blessing us out and doing all of that. Which can I just say, yeah. the people who we talked to who said that the Black Lives Matter group was so violent towards them, yeah. not white. No, no, no. They were Hispanic. They were not white. They were Hispanic. And, they were and I mean, like, they were a darker skinned yes. brown like you people. Could clear, right? You could clearly tell they were not white. Yeah. And, and they said this was the most violent. So a lot of people were catching that. A lot of people were getting that. Um, just based on the people on the streets, it was a ton of people. Uh, there was a huge turnout. I was highly encouraged by the thing. I was too. But you see how the media spins it, right? So between that and, of course, there was no... There was no geriatrics there. There were no older people. There were very few older folks there. And I can understand with COVID concerns, you know. So with all of that stuff, and it's amazing to me how the left kept saying, oh, you guys are just going to be in one big old Petri dish. I hope y'all get COVID and die. And then after that happens, they're like, well, y'all go ahead and, you know, I can't believe y'all are getting together and doing all this stuff. I can't believe y'all are doing it. Wait, wait, I thought you wanted us to die. <laughs> well, look at there. There was nobody in there. <coughs> I mean, okay, so. Well, which is it? Did you want nobody in there or everybody in there? I mean, what do you want? 
So the media narrative has been fun. It's been interesting. Uh, there weren't as many people as, and I'm not making excuses there. There were not as many people as they expected. And of course, AOC got on Twitter, and her whole thing was she wanted to. Uh, thank you, Twitter bird. Uh, she said, her in her tweet, she said, actually, you just got rocked by teens on TikTok, Chinese company who flooded the Trump campaign with fake ticket reservations and tricked you into believing a million people wanted your white supremacist open mic enough to pack an arena during COVID. <laughs> so, listen, bitch. What you just said is, I am happy that people using a Chinese entity just interfered with a presidential election. She should not only be kicked out of Congress, she should be arrested. If that's the kind of stuff you're promoting and pushing and advocating for, then you're a criminal. So don't talk about Russia. Don't talk about Russians meddling in elections. Don't talk about any of that stuff. That right there proves she got the woman is so stupid with her horse face, ugly ass self. She got on Twitter and admitted she used a Chinese company to meddle in an in a presidential <laughs> election. I'm gonna fix white guilt for you. Y'all hang tight. So President Trump's a funny guy. Like, if you get his sense of humor, you get it. If you don't get it, then he's going to offend you every time. And, of course, that's what's happening to all you sensitive people that have never been beaten with a belt. I loved the speech. I thought it was great. I said I said while he was giving the speech about the ramp at West Point, I was like, okay, it's a long story, but it's funny because it's Trump. Uh, Trump's going to Trump. And uh, anyway, yeah, so you either get it or you don't. But this, when you see something firsthand, like you really watch it, you're there. It's one thing to watch it on a screen, but when you're there and you get the feeling of the atmosphere in the crowd and you hear something, then you see the spin doctors who get it and pull it out of context and stuff. And then the people on Twitter and social media that want to jump on it, and it's like, you guys are so ignorant as to jump on that narrative and really run with it. It's like, I can't help you. I can't help you, but I can help you with white privilege and white guilt. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to solve it for you because everybody kept shouting that at us while we were on the streets there in Tulsa about the white privilege and the white guilt and the black lives that matter. So, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to solve all the problems of white guilt and even reparations. Here's what we say. If you're white and you feel guilt, we personally do not. I don't know what white guilt feels like. Um, not a clue. Not a clue. But if you have it, and you feel the need to flagellate yourself over it, and you really feel like the black community needs help from you, that you want to eliminate racism, that you're marching in the street, street and you're shouting at people, F you and F you and F you, if that solves racism, I'm going to take you a step further into your journey. I want you to get a job. I know that's foreign to some of you. I want you to go to work, but you do not receive pay. Every penny you make is going to go to a certain black family. You pick a black family and all of it goes to them. You never see a penny of it. And then it's up to them whether or not they shelter, feed, and clothe you. Okay? Just like a slave. If they don't, then maybe another black family will pick you up and you can work for them. There. I solved your problem. You never get to make another dime for the rest of your life. I hope you enjoy it. You won't have any guilt because you will be a slave to a black family. There you go. 
If you really want to make reparations, let's call it what it is. You can go out and be equal with the black community and their plight through slavery. You're welcome, America. You're welcome. I love you guys. It's a good Monday. It's a good Monday. Go to where podcasts are offered, especially over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review, a rating, and a review. A good one. That's what we deserve here. Help us move on up in the ratings. Of course, go to Pluto TV and get us on channel 250 and blazetv.com slash Chad. Sign up. We will see you tomorrow. We love you. God bless. Talk to you next time. Bye.